Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Praise God. There are many reasons why we don't live a life of answered prayer. There are people who pray and have believed God for so many things, and then you pray, and then you notice that some things, not all, some things, not all, sometimes, not all the time. So what I'm going to touch tonight is not the absolute sense of everything, but it's part of the reasons why many of us do not receive from God. Hallelujah. Again, underline the word receive. I'm not saying are not given by God. There's a difference between being given by God and receiving from God. Are you following me? You can be given by God, but not receive from God. You can be given a gift by somebody, but it's another thing for you to receive that gift. Are you hearing me? And, and I'm talking about how some people have failed to receive some things sometimes. And as I share, you will find yourself somewhere. I'm not judging one individual. You understand? I'm not judging two individuals. If I'm speaking from a place of rebuke or correction in your spirit, I want you to see the love that I'm speaking from. The Bible speaks of speaking the truth in love. We will grow up in him into all things. Praise God. Now, the Bible says in James chapter 4 verse 1, For whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not. Okay? He's spoken about the people firstly who are not asking. And he says, some of you, you desire certain things and you don't have them. Some of you love and want to have certain things, but they're not there because you ask not. But he says, but when many of you ask, or some of us ask, he says, we receive not because ye ask amiss. He says, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. And he says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is an enemy with God, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is enemy to God. Now God brings out another idea about adultery. And he says, friendship with the world is adultery. Are you seeing that? Some people end only adultery in the mind of a man cheating on his wife or a wife cheating on her husband. But now God has introduced another mind here that actually... Adultery also is friendship with the world. Are you hearing me? Adultery is friendship with the world. When you start to love the things of this world, many a time you are an adulterer without even knowing it. Praise God. Praise God. Now, James begins by opening our eyes to some wars that happen within us, 
the fightings that happen within us. You understand? The wars, the contentions and fights that happen within us. Sometimes these wars are between us, but sometimes these wars are within us. There are people who have wars in their spirits. They're fighting things inside them. Somebody shout hallelujah. But there are also people who have wars among them. Wars among us are because of wars within us. When you see somebody tearing another person outside, they're torn inside. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you see somebody fighting another sister or a brother, they, they have something inside. Everything you see sometimes outside is of a result of the experiences that we have inside us. Do you agree? So when you deal with the war within, many a time you deal with the war without. When you deal with the conflicts in a man's soul, a woman's spirit, those things help that person have peace with everybody. There are people who are angry and they don't even know why they're angry. One time a dear lady came to me for counseling a couple of years ago and she says, you know what, I just wake up and I'm angry. I just wake up and I just feel like I'm angry with people. And she didn't even have control over herself. But you see, when you enter this person, they have a conflict inside. They are dealing with something. They are broken somewhere. Inside there's a broken part. That if it's not fixed by the gospel, many of those people remain the same the way of their lives. And then they bruise and wound everyone that comes along them. And then they blame everyone. You know, how many of you have heard of people called the high conflict people? Psychologists have people they call high conflict people. In America, it is a clinical issue that is even diagnosed. You understand? In Africa, it looks like a normal thing. But some people are not okay. Some people are not okay. By the way, when you start to relate with people, you realize that some people are not normal. You can't classify them in the mud of Butabika. No, they are not. They are not throwing stones. You understand? They are not punching people. But there is something inside them. When the person starts to speak, you're like, but is this person? You understand? Now, some of them, for example, in the most developed states, they can tell that this guy has a... There are people who are just high conflict. Have you been around someone who can love you so much and hate you so much at the same time? <laughs> Do I have a witness? Eh? Now this person, eh, when they say they love you, they can buy the world for you. Nenga, when they flip, eh? oh my God, oh my God. It's because in their minds, they don't know what love is. They read the Bible, but they don't know what love is. Love can't turn to hate the next day. That is not love. That is not love. But in their head, have you been around people, for example, I'm giving you examples of high conflict people. Have you been around people, for example, who are always victims of others? Eh? For them, they are always the, the right ones. The rest are wrong. Like everybody hurts them. But for them, they never hurt. Have you been around such people? They are victims. Everything, they are always the victim. That person did this to me. That person did this to me. Even when they are the ones who... You understand? Eh? They shoot you, pah, and then they fall. <laughs> They've shot me. You understand? You, you, you haven't been around such people? They shoot you, and after shooting you, they fall on the ground and cry more than you, whom they've shot. 
Have you been around people who are narcissists? Who knows what it means to be narcissist? Let me explain what it means to be narcissist. A narcissist person eh, is someone you can never satisfy. One of the things about narcissists, you can never satisfy a narcissist. Even if you do a hundred things, they're still not satisfied with you. Have you seen people like that? Eh? Even if you take the whole world and flip it for them, they can only smile temporarily. You do one thing. Eh? Every good thing about you goes forever. You're the worst thing that they have ever met. They never want to even, don't even talk about. <laughs> Did you know I've been on such people. They can never count good. You can do a hundred things right, and then you do one quarter of a wrong, and then that one quarter becomes 400 things wrong. One quarter. You understand? Some even are so extreme that they even get to a level of being, someone can even be convinced of their lie. And they say that person stole my money. Now you've never stolen it, and they insist you stole it. Have you been around such people? Then for you, you know the truth because you didn't steal it. And they are convinced. They can even, they can even swear their lives. God killed me if I didn't see him stealing it. But you never saw it. But that's how their heads process. I'm just giving you a general idea. So that when you're around such people, the one secret is pray for them. Don't judge. Just pray for them. So, I was telling you about this person. Those people have conflict inside. There are people who are just conflicted inside. Someone wakes up and they don't like themselves. They don't like anybody around them. You find a person and you greet them and they don't even want to answer you. But you've never done anything to them. Munyambe. You understand? You've never harmed them, but you can come and tell her, dear sister or dear brother, good morning. And I tell him I know how to do. <laughs> you understand? But this person is dealing with something bigger than them. At first, I used to be hard on those people. But as I grew in the Lord, I started to love them the more and pray for them and be patient with them. Because, you know, Jesus says, forgive them for they know not. That thing is powerful. The same thing when they were stoning Stephanus, right? He repeated the exact words. He said, have mercy on them, for they know not. They don't know. They don't know. For a man to make that kind of statement, he must be one who has seen more than the person who has wronged them in God. Who is understanding what I'm saying? Because when you look at an individual and then you see that you know more than they do, you've seen and been exposed to God more than they do, you have mercy on them because you know they're doing things out of ignorance. They're not doing things out of hate and anger. No. If they knew what you know, they would not do it. Do you understand? But it's a mature thing. Praise God. So he says, when you see wars, fightings within yourself and among individuals, this is more so in the world. Church, yeah, but more so in the world. Of course, church is also there, but majorly in the world. Where there is war, there is lust. Never forget that. Where there is fighting within a man, there is lust. And what is lust? That overwhelming feeling and desire 
to please self. Lust is selfish. It's all about you. It's all about you. When you make a decision, you don't care how many people are going to be affected by that decision. You care by the reward that has to come to you. You understand what I'm saying? When you enter into a business, you don't care how many people you step on their feet. Doesn't matter what happens to them. The end is at least you have the desired goal which you want. That's the last full man. So when they say, for example, uh, last sexually, that is one of the lusts. But it's not the general idea of lust. Lust is when a man seeks to please the self. Pleasure for the self. The things that in the end only have the satisfaction that ends with you and nobody else in the equation. There was a man of God one time, he opened war and he started speaking things about me. I had everything. And then one person told him, you know what, this time I'm going to tell Apostle Grace. So the person came to me to tell me. He thought I was going to open war and brimstone. I told him, go back and tell him, since you told him you're coming to tell me, go back and tell him I have forgiven him. Apostle, with these words, yes, tell him I have what? Forgiven him. Now, he will never understand why I forgive him. I can explain to you, my congregation, why. There are people seated in his ministry. You understand? If I open war on him, they'll have damage. There are people in this world I can open two pages of and, and their ministry is damaged forever. So for those that still believe in the God of his the God, and probably they're holding on to the life of salvation because of him, I would rather keep quiet. David Dimola taught me that. David T. Dimola taught me that. But because some people see Christ through them, I cannot say anything against them. Are you following what I'm saying? I cannot say anything against them. And he told me, you do likewise. Because there are people who are one to Christ because of such individuals. I cannot touch them. Why? Because I fear that in the process of trying to attack this particular individual, I might destroy many innocent souls that don't deserve it. Hello? And I'm accountable to God for those souls. Uh-uh, it's about you. Are you hearing me? At that particular point, the man of God, the believer in Christ, must know it is about Christ, not me. The bigger picture. Somebody shout hallelujah. Some of you know African families. You know that. Some people were raised by parents who were not their fathers biologically. And they knew that the mom produced her somewhere else. But the man said, you know what? I'll never tell my children, even this child, that I'm not the father. Because it might destroy a bigger picture. Now, if people who are not born again have that wisdom, how about you who is born again? One time when somewhere praying for a girl, a demon spoke on her. The mom had kept it. The father had died, kept it. One time was somewhere the demon spoke. It said the guy who died is not her father. Why I'm on her is because they buried her clothes. You know, Uganda, they get clothes and then they throw them in into, I don't know why some people do that, but in the Baganda culture, in all, but in certain, in certain people who are still embedded in tradition, when uh, sometimes a father dies, they say they get the clothes of the children and throw them in the... Have you seen it somewhere? 
Yeah, they throw it in the, and then they, they bury them. So this girl was not the daughter of this gentleman. And, but she grew up thinking that's her father. The mother never told her. Nobody ever told her. So as I'm preaching in a meeting, the Lord tells me she was going to die in two years. And when I say this girl is going to die in two years, the demon manifests on her. I had to kill her. I had to kill her. I had to kill her. They buried clothes of a man who was not her father. Then the demon mentioned the name of the real father. When this girl comes to sanity, she had never had the name. But do you understand what I'm saying? When you see war within you, know that there is something that you have put of self to please self beyond the bigger picture. It's not about you. If somebody tells you good morning and you don't answer them, it's not about you. Somebody shout hallelujah. There's a bigger picture, common decency, the things that make you a human being. Basic manners. Ubuntu. The basic things that make you a human being. How can you not answer someone who has greeted you in the morning? And then you... Rakababa. <laughs> Woo! Laugh at them. <laughs> Praise God. For me, even if you have annoyed me, how I'll say... Because there's a bigger picture to the story. Tell your neighbor there's a bigger picture to the story. But now he tells us, you ask and receive not. He didn't say you ask and you're not given. He has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing the heavenly person, Christ Jesus. All of these things are yours and in Christ all things are here and they're made to the glory of the Father. They are all available to you. But he says, but you don't receive them. Why? Because the end of everything you're asking, many of these things, sorry, you're asking, the end of many of these things that you're asking for are to please you. They are ending with you. Why do you want a car? Such that I can show Mama Nabothe that even if she was talking about me, eh, God was somewhere working. Some people write very dangerous statements. But why don't you go to the brother who has wronged you? Why don't you go to the sister who has wronged you? Why do you go on social media? What, what is that going to do for you? What's the end of it? Slander slander and that's not the spirit of God let me tell you if you want to know the strength of being a Christian who knows God look at a man or a woman who has been wronged and they are quiet do you understand what I'm saying it is hard this is easier for men but women that Carol, even that Rachel, even that Rita, that Peter. Then you come in the prayers of God to shake a baby. Jesus. <laughs> May God help me. Yeah, I pray for myself. Praise God. Do you know that can hold you back from receiving from God? Do you know that can hold you back from receiving from God? Do you know that because many of us have not been perfected in the love walk, we cannot receive from God? Some of you think you need a more prayer time to go in the prayer. There is nothing you have not done. But you fail to receive some of the simplest things. 
Because many of these wars within you are coming outside you. There is something in you that has failed to settle in the love walk with God. Why? Because everything is about you. It doesn't go beyond you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is not the way the Christian should live. God has ordained better days for you. He has ordained better things for you. How can you hold back your eternal blessing? Because of selfishness. You know, there are people over the years, I used to deal with many men of God and ministers. And I noticed that some of them over the years, certain things refused to happen. But they are very gifted men. Brother, they are very gifted men. If you meet them, you'd be so amazed about the gifts that are in their lives, operating in their lives. And sometimes, again, it dazzles every man's mind when you see that somebody has way much than what comes to them. You understand? Like, this person is so gifted not to have a ministry. This woman has a very beautiful voice not to be having a record label. This brother has too much wisdom not to have a, a, a big business empire. There are people, when they start counseling, you'd ask yourself why they're not married. Some it's by choice. Some it's by purpose. But some, it's simply that they're speaking what they're not. So we cannot generalize that and say everyone is, because not every man is destined to marry at your time. Eh? No, everyone has their own day in days to the glory of God. But there are also those ones who you look at and you're like, but the way you're speaking, your marriage should be perfect. Do you understand what I'm saying? Eh? Because to whom much is given, much is required. Era, pray for yourself. So, why would you not receive all the good things God has promised you? And he tells you, because these things usually to the end, it's about you. It's not about anybody else. It's not about anybody outside. It's about you. The end of it is about you. It's just about you. Everything is around you. Everything has to work your way or no way. If it doesn't go your way, you have to kill. The Bible says, you find yourself killing. But the end of that life is death. Kibroth Hatava. Right? Numbers 11.34. He says, and he called the name of that place Kibroth Hatava because they buried the people that lasted. When you carry a spirit of lust, you're digging your own grave. You're going to kill your life. You're going to kill your ministry. You're going to kill your relationships. You're going to kill yourself. You're going to kill your family. You're going to kill everything around you. When the spirit of lust is on an individual, when it's all about them and what they seek to please, they get corruption. Even the good things that come to you, the moment they come to you, they are corrupted because you deal with lust. It's all about you. It's not about anyone else. It's about you and what satisfies you at that particular point. It doesn't go beyond you. James chapter 1 and 13, he says, Let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man with evil. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth what? Kibroth hatava, death. That means the way of lust is death. Who is understanding what I'm saying? Lust opens the door of temptation on your life. God is not the one tempting. 
the things that you find when you're tempted to heat, to kill, to hate, to murder, to perverse, whatever comes in your way as temptation, it always goes back because you've given space to lust, the spirit and the form. Are you following what I'm saying? Lust opens up a sort of temptation in your life. I'm dealing with the spirit of lust. The self that seeks pleasure and does not consider anything outside. The Bible says in Psalms 106 verses 9, he says, he rebuked the Red Sea and it was dried. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy and the waters covered their enemies and there was not one that is left and then believed they his words, they sang his praise, but they soon forgot his works. They waited late for his counsel, the same God who blessed them. Why? They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. You know what leanness into the soul is? When the Bible says that in the Amplified, he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their souls, thinned their numbers by disease and death. You attract a lean spirit on you when you lust. You open yourself to many things that can destroy you. Your numbers reduce if you're a pastor. Some pastors' ministries are reducing every day because the center of their ministry is about self. It is the pleasure of self. It is about them. Why do you want my numbers? Such that even me people can know that I have numbers. But there are men of God who think like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? There has to be purpose in everything you ask God for. Tell your neighbor there has to be purpose in everything you ask God for. The Bible says they even tempted God. He had done all these miracles in their lives. But they get to a point and then abandon him. Why? Because they become selfish again. When you're around people who are selfish, they are ever taking. They're never giving. They're ever taking. And they want to take, and they want to take, and they want to take, and they want to take. If they tell you how are you, they don't really want to know how you are. No. They're asking you as a beginning conversation to get more. Are you following what I'm saying? God help us. Tell your neighbor, God help us. So, he sent leanness into their soul. Disease entered their soul. He sent leanness in their soul. Disease and death entered their soul. Yes, the body is healthy, but their soul is dying. Yes, outside here they are smiling, but inside there is disease. Their souls are sick. You are attracting diseases of the soul. Bitterness starts to hit through you. Before you know that inside there, you look at people who are lusting. Many times bitterness is there inside. There's a seed of bitterness within them. Remember in the book of Acts when they talk about Simon the sorcerer, verse 8? The Bible says in the 18th verse, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. He wanted to bite because he saw that the gift of the Spirit was being offered by the laying on of hands of the apostles. And the next verse says, um, he said, Give me also this power that on whosoever I may lay hands on, they will receive the Holy Ghost. Did you hear that? 
He's paying so he can receive power. Says that whoever he lays hands on receives the Holy Spirit. That's not the purpose of the Holy Ghost. That's not the purpose of why God anoints you. God does not anoint you so that everyone you lay hands on falls. But I've seen people who have walked toward me and then they say, Apostle, pray for me that even me I receive power to slay people. What? what, what? Some people have come to me. Oh, just lay hands on me so I can receive power to slay people. It's not about that. These apostles laying hands on men to receive the Holy Ghost, they're not laying hands on them so everybody says, gee, I I did it. I I told you, told you. Seriously, guys, I told you. Let me tell you, some of us got anointed very early. Very, very early. And we lasted in the anointing. I'm telling you things I've seen. We lasted in the anointing. I know what it means. We used to stand on pulpits simply to show men that we could demonstrate power. And the gift flowed gracefully. But when you are home, within you, you start feeling your soul diseased. Things start breaking inside you. You stop finding the joy of ministry. You start lasting for things of the flesh and not the things of the spirit. The voice of God, the voice of counsel cuts from you. But the voice of the gift continues. You can prophesy, you can heal the sick, but the voice of God's counsel dies. And when the counsel of his voice, the voice of his counsel dies, you start feeling rejection in your soul. Yet the power is moving. Who is understanding what I'm saying? I saw these things. And I remember those years, the ministry was not growing. Yet were anointed. Yet were anointed. I served with men. We used to go for ministry. And a man tells you up square. He says, Moana, can you name Balagi? Can you name Basumurukech Kompe Banyo Mandule Badiakundaba? He said, I'm going to release the anointing. They will see me. They will see what's through me. They are going to be like drunk men. And this man would boast. These individuals would boast. And then we used to enter these meetings. And they would demonstrate power. And almost the whole room is filled and people are falling on their floor and they are writhing and writhing and everything is else. Everything is just down there. They would even boast, oh, tears, what? Things were there. Oh, yeah. And, and it was, some of them, I look back and they don't have ministry. They don't have ministry. Because for them, they think that having the power to perform is enough. No, there is purpose. Jesus was not sent without purpose. No. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You asking for the anointing, what are you asking it for? Simon gives a very funny answer that is all about the self. Give me that power also, such that when I lay hands on people also, they might receive the Holy Spirit also. What for? Such that they also start to come to me. But I know where Simon is coming from. Like many of our foundations in the olden story, he had a witchcraft mentality. The Bible says that they gave praises to him and many of them ascribed to him as the great power of God. To whom they gave a lot of what? Homage. They gave a lot of Give me the message of that. There was a certain man, he says, uh, had practiced magic, right? In the city, posing as a famous man and dazzling all the Samaritans with his wizardry. He was dazzling people. It's about you dazzling people. It's about you showing people that you have. 
It's about you showing people that you are anointed. It's about you showing people that you have money. It's about you showing people that you're wise. It's about you showing people. It's about you showing people. It's about you showing off. It's not about the purpose of God. It's not about what he wants to do in your life. There was a lady one time we preached the gospel in a hostel. <laughs> and then she told us, you know what, guys? I think I believe this thing I'm going to accept, but there's, I can't accept God here. Just what you mean. No, I need like a very clean church. Like I enter, the lights are up there. And the woman was serious. <laughs> the lights are there. The cameras are watching me. Then I enter, you know. I need to receive Jesus in a certain way of church. But you see how people think? She refused to receive Jesus in a hostel. Yeah, no, this is not a perfect place to receive Jesus. She refused. Hey, this girl loved herself. She loved herself. Anyway, so I was telling you, Peter said to him, thy money perish. Again, he is attracting death. He says, thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. And he says, thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. And he tells him, you're wicked. Repent of your wickedness. I pray perhaps your heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. When a man has that thing inside them, they're in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Your heart is not right with God. What does Chronicles say? The eyes of the Lord look to and fro to show himself strong to a man whose heart is perfect with him. When your heart is perfect with God, he will show himself strong on your ministry. He'll show himself strong on your finances. He'll show himself strong on your behalf. Let me tell you, when you have seen God a certain way and your heart is perfect toward God, you don't need any man to fight for you. God fights for you. I say God fights for you. God fights for you. You don't need vindication from men. No, God vindicates you. Are you following what I'm saying? Somebody shout hallelujah. You know the story of Hannah. She was barren for years. But what had failed to enter Hannah was God did not just want to give Hannah a child. That's the problem. You just want a child. You just want a car. You just want a man. You just want a woman. You just want a job. You just want a, a ministry. You just want that. But where is purpose? She prays to God. She vowed a vow and said, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of that handmaid and remember me and not forget that handmaid, but will give unto that handmaid a man child. She asked for a man, not a child, a man child. I will give him unto you all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. God gave her a child. Because now she's saying, I just don't want a child. I want a child on purpose to serve you. God opened her womb. Some of you, your financial wombs are closed because there is no kingdom mindset in the money you want from God. Some of you, your relationship wombs are closed because there is no purpose in the relationship you want. Some of you, your ministry wombs are closed because there is no purpose in the ministry you want God of. Some of you, many things are closed on you because... You don't have purpose in what you're doing. There is no purpose. No, it's just a selfish indulgence. It's just about me. I just want this because I want it. Well, what does God say about it? 
What's God's mind about it? No, no, me, I just want it because me, I want it. And I want it because I want it. I want that car because I want that car. I want that house because I want it. I just want that ministry because I want that ministry. Just simply because I want that ministry. That is why when you're around people who are lustful, they always use. They never understand true synergy. They cannot have divine networking. It's all about what I can get out of this man and then walk out of his life. Walk, get out into this woman's life and get, can I come and then sing it? Some people, they just want to get the videos and then they show them singing before thousands. You understand? And then the guy goes back home and says, um, it's on me. It's not on you. You do the concert first and have that number. Then we shall honor you. But they're like that. And then you understand because for them, all they know is about using. Our artists don't even go to church anymore. No, they just stay home and wait to be called to sing. Ah, those ones, I don't put them here. Ah, ah. Do you understand what I'm saying? A man can go on a 40-day prayer and fast when he's led in lust. A man can give everything he has when he's led by the spirit of lust. Because many of the things that are done with lust look like the things of a hungry man. But the results show that this was not hung, this was lustful. They don't receive from God. They don't receive from God. Somebody came, why is it I've prayed to God for years, but I don't receive the spirit? How is it I've prayed to God for years, but the anointing just didn't come? I, I, I'm starting to think that maybe God favors other people out of... No, no, no. God is no respecter of persons. He can anoint anybody in this room. He can raise you tomorrow. But where is the purpose? What, what do you, why do you want the anointing for? Why are you hungry? I know you're hungry and you're fasting. Yes, but why are you really hungry? Because that's the only way you can know whether there's purpose in it or you're simply lusting. Examine yourself. The things that you're seeking for are becoming far. They are running away from you. You literally feel that you're chasing things that don't want to attach themselves to you. Maybe you are desiring them for yourself and only you. There is no purpose to this. There is no end line to the story. There is no testimony to it. Yes, you can think there is, but why aren't they coming to you? All things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's all Hannah needed. She just needed to know that the child that I'm asking for must be somebody ready to serve God. All these years, if you remember, she was taunting in her heart and soul, loathing in her spirit because the first wife had gotten a child before her. It was a jealous issue. She was just feeling bad. Why can't I have a child? If the other woman has a child, why can't I have a child? And that's the thing that fills her head. Her, her head is filled by that. Her head is filling Hannah because of that one thing. I'm not having a child and the other woman is having a child. And the reason why you're in the presence of God is simply because the other woman has a child and you don't have a child. Is that the purpose of why you come? Why did you come to the presence of God? Why did you come to Sunday? Why did you come for service? Do you come to service because God led you? Or because you need to revenge yourself with some woman who has a child and you don't have? You can now put any situation that you're in. No. Go to the presence of God because there's purpose of being in the presence of God. Go to church because you know that there's a reason why you go in his presence. Enter his presence when you know that it, there's a reason why. But the soreness in, in Hannah's soul was because the other one was having children and she wasn't. The day she realized that I just don't want you to have a child. The Bible says God shut her womb. That's what the scripture says. In other there was a reason why heaven delayed this. He wanted this woman to find purpose in the things she was asking for. 
Or if there was no purpose in the thing she was asking for, she was simply lusting. And that was only going to bring death and temptation, trial and dismay on her life. The wounding and diseasing of her soul, even in the child that she would have. Let's go in the thing of the anointing. There are many people who are hungry for power, but they are really lasting. They are really lasting. And they cannot receive. It's not that God has not given. No, he has given, but they cannot receive because they are lasting. It's about them. They are asking for the anointing because they just want something around them to change. No wonder some of them, the moment they walk in a little small grace of their own, pride comes through. Because pride is for lasting men. The lust of their eyes, the lust of the flesh, what happens? The pride of life. The Bible says these do not proceed from the Father. When a man is lustful, pride is automatic. And pride goes before a fall. But when God places it on your life with a true hunger of the Spirit, I'm telling you this because I remember many years ago, many, many years ago, what university. And I remember in that time I used to pray, uh, I used to ask God for certain things because for me it began by the honest burden I had in the church. Honest burden I had in the church. Because I would walk to church and before I even sat in church, I felt I was tired. You get it? We were searching for things we could never get to. And it's almost as though God is promising and promising and promising. It's almost as I'm living in this vortex of promises that will never come to the fulfillment. And you're growing older. I remember one of those days we used to go into lunch hours and many of those lunch hours, they found us praying. I remember one of those lunch hours, we were in a class and so we used to enter lunch hour and I just remember we used to just weep for souls. We honestly were weeping. We just used to go on that ground and simply weep. We were not asking God to anoint us because we wanted, uh, you know, people to know. Up to today, people don't understand that I hate the public eye. I have never asked God for a certain attention. I don't want it. I don't want it. Some of us, if we, we had the choice to be ministers of the gospel and men never saw our faces, would have preferred that. I would have preferred to be a minister men had never met by face because some of us never wanted to be on TV just, just because we never wanted a certain attention. It's hard for me to find me in attention areas. I don't like it. I never wanted to stand before men like I do. I never wanted to stand before faces. But the people who love it, it's their life. It's in them. Some of us, we never even wanted to preach the gospel. And I remember that one day I told God, because something started to burn inside me. Have you ever been in a situation where there's something every day it is telling you you're called for something so big, but it's not coming out? Eh? Hmm? You feel like there's something inside you, it's, it's so big. But when you look outside, you don't have the networks. You don't know anybody. You don't know how to pray for it. You don't know how to whatever. You don't know how. You don't even know where to begin from. But all you know is that there is something inside you. And I remember telling God. I remember telling God that day. And that's why it's important to die. It's key to die. Because when you die, certain things stop being important. The things that are important in the world, you cease to be an adulterer. You stop. You remember the scripture of the facets of hearing? The people who 
the word comes to. But the Bible says, but when pressure comes to them and the cares of this world come, they come and choke the word in them. There are people who are still standing because pressures have not come. You will leave God because of a certain pressure. You will walk out of the presence because of a certain pressure. You, you, you could even give up on prayer because of a certain pressure. And then you find a believer who says, I no longer go to church. You ask them why. I was di- disappointed. I was heartbroken. I was, and you're like, oh my God. You've abandoned the lover of your soul because of a situation. Because of a circumstance that is not working. He speaks of those people. He says the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. Again, the lusts come and the word of God becomes unfruitful. You're sitting in church every day. You're hearing the same word that is working for your neighbor, but it's not working in your life and you're growing older every day. Examine yourself. And then I remember I told God, Remember that day, I'll never forget. I told God, this thing inside me is telling me that I have to serve you and I understand it. And I told God, there's a very clear separation. I felt like there was a veil between what I was feeling and what should be manifested. Right? And it created a void in my soul. And I told God this one thing. I told him, God, Help me that this thing will come out. But if this thing comes out, and in the end it's the instruction that I should clean this church with my hands the rest of my life, I will gladly do it. Because for me, what was important at that particular point, that's why every man must really undergo that experience of death. Because when you undergo that experience of death, there is something that wakes you up every day. And it's not whether you're on the pulpit or you're on the camera. You're not fighting for positions to get up. No. You just want to do what God wants you to do. But believe me, I never wanted this thing. I never asked for the altar. I never asked for it. I have never admired a man up there. No. But I've always had this thing in me that at least God, let me find purpose in everything you'll give me to do. If this thing inside can come out of me and you tell me that the instruction is wash this person's car every day, your reward shall be full. I would gladly do it. Because it's not about what men saw. No. When you die to that level, it's amazing the things you start to receive. It's amazing the things you start to receive. It's amazing the things you start to receive. You stop thinking about the petty things like money. You stop thinking about, because money is petty. Some is their God. Some live for it. Some of us don't live for it. Where I've reached now, even if I don't have money on the account, I am so rich in my spirit not to have anything I want in God because I've seen him. It's not about what, who gives me and who doesn't. No. It's about the purpose of God for my life. Who is understanding what I'm saying? And I remember during that time, I remember one day, service ended. We were, of course, the anointing had moved. 
we had met in a certain meeting, big, a big meeting of about then 800 was big. Seven, 800 was big. So we had about 800, six to 800 young people who were on the ground. I was not preaching that day. I was just a papa who came through because I was that kind of man. I was that kind of man. And since then, for me, purpose has been more important than prestige. And then, after service, this man of God says, uh, as the papas are leaving, um, we ask you kindly to step back and help us clean the court. It was a basketball court in UCU because uh, we have instruction that the church should clean this court. Otherwise, they, we will have t- hard time asking for the same facility again. The papas, with the papas left, we walked away. I had walked almost in the middle of that distance. And the Spirit of the Lord told me, these men did not hear that instruction. There's a few people who have stayed on that ground to clean. He told me, take another route and say goodbye. Don't even show them that you're going back to that ground. Go behind the blocks and come back on that ground. So I went behind those blocks and went back on that ground. And true to form, I found like three people who had stayed. The rest had walked away. And the Lord told me, pick with them. So there was a huge light that was hitting the court. So I went on the peripherals of the dark areas because I didn't want them to notice that I was the one picking. So I went and picked papers. There were many. I went and picked papers. So towards the end, I put them in one little corner. And then I was hiding away to make sure nobody saw that I was the one cleaning. And then this woman, by mistake, she saw a heap and came towards me to collect it. And then she saw me and she sat down and sobbed and wept so hard. She says, why are you cleaning when you're a man of God? You understand? And I told her the Lord told me to do so. I walked off that ground as I was walking back to the hostel. The spirit of the Lord told me, I have elevated you. I'll never forget that day. He was very clear. He told me none of those men, none of those men, he have elevated you beyond them. I knew what he had said, but it is because I just wanted you to to understand that some of us have not lasted for these places that some of you are lasting for. Some of us have not lasted for this anointing. No, we only told God, fulfill what you've ordained me to be. The rest is history. If it shall be behind a camera, I will be happy sitting behind a camera. If it will be on the pulpit, it's up to you. But me, I never asked for this thing. Because I was not seeking for the attention of men. It wasn't, it was never about me. And it's up to now, I don't preach for me. If it was simply for me, there are many ways we had with, we, with many of you. But it's, it, is, it has died. And the more I see him kill that thing, I see the more I receive from him. The things that are available for us all. There are also things I feel that I, I need to work on. And I'm working on. I'm a work in progress, but at least I know that I have to work on certain things. The me has to die. The Bible says, he must increase, comma, but I must decrease. Did you hear that? He didn't say, I must decrease for him to increase. No, he says, he must increase, comma, but I must increase. He must increase, comma, but I must decrease. He must increase. That means he's not going to be held up in increasing. But if it should work in my life, I must decrease. I must decrease. I must, I must decrease. That means 
The increase of God on your life is dependent on the decrease of you. It's not about you. Tell your neighbor it's not about you. Those of you who are asking for the anointing, it's not about you. Tell God, I want them. You know, that is why some of us, people don't get it when I go to villages. Up to today, you still go in the deepest places. You go in the deepest parts. You preach to old women and they sit in the cold and you preach to them for four or five hours. And one time I remember we preached for four or five hours. Two preachers, these very old women, they are 60, 70. And after service, they still sat there. They didn't want to leave. Late in the night, two, three, they don't want to leave because they're hearing the good news. And there are men of God I know who at this level can't go there. Some of you have gone with me in churches where we can't even fit. Churches that are too dirty for our shoes. But it is because it's not about us. It's not about us and it will never be about us. It's about Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. If we were proud, we would not reach many of you. Then you hear a believer. One time a lady came and told me, you know why I don't go to Fanero? Uh, sometimes you sit next to smelling students. What has Jesus got to do to keep up with you? Your soul might be more smelly than the person smelling next to you. That's why the Bible says that if you give that kind of attitude to men, the Bible says the Father is not revealed to you yet. God loves all men. He hugs the unhuggable. He loves the unlovable. And he enters the man Zacchaeus' house and he sits and eats and does not point a finger on the man at all. And salvation came in the man's house because love was extended. Somebody shout hallelujah. But if a man is lustful, they cannot see those things. Maybe the things you're asking for, you're not receiving because you're dealing with lust and you think it's hunger. You think it's... You think it's hunger. You think it's you're hungry, but you're not hungry. You're lusting. You think that it is, you want to assume the responsibility. You love God and you want to serve him. But you cannot receive it because when you examine your heart, some of you, you're lusting and you think you're hungry. You're lusting and you think you're asking. You're lusting and you think you want to serve God. Everything, many of you, the things you're asking for are all around you change your mind today in the name of Jesus just change your mind in the name of Jesus somebody shout hallelujah just speak to God just speak to God let's take a minute and you just talk to God tell him God examine if you feel that there is lust in me and kill it Come on, talk to God. Talk to God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him above.
understanding to the simple if there is a part of us that has lust in it tonight it's killed by the power of God in the name of Jesus may we find purpose may we see the bigger picture and spell the bigger story for the sake of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus who shed his blood for us thank you Jesus if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ and you want to be born again tonight you're going to repeat these words after me say Lord Jesus tonight I believe that you died and rose again for me I believe that you're the son of God who gave his life for me and tonight I receive you as my Lord and Savior I'm born again I'm born again I'm born again the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International for more information contact us on telephone number 041 466 4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5pm to 8pm You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash fenero 
Finero. Make manifest.